0: Tyler, my message today is called If You Knew. Father, we love you so very much and thank you once again for the opportunity to preach and teach your word. Let your anointing now flow through me, Holy Spirit. Lord God, I thank you for every single life that's represented in this room today, Lord God. Man, woman, and child, and every single person watching us at home online or online campus, Lord God. There are so many needs, so many desires, so many dreams, Lord God. So many things that need to be done and so many prayers that's been done, Lord God, as well. Lord, we thank you that you're going to reach and touch every person right now. Right where they sit, right where they're at, Lord God, that revelation knowledge would flow freely. I pray in this house to Your people in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said a big amen. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise about it today? Come on. When I was a kid, I used to be a kid. When I was a kid, um, growing up in the in the seventies, you know, it was a different time back in those days. Back in those days, you know, they would, your parents would say, uh, get out of the house. Go outside and play. I remember those days? Go outside and play. But I want to watch whatever you're going to watch, you know. No, get outside and play. Nowadays, you want to be a little more protective of your kids and probably rightfully so. The world has changed a whole lot, right? But in those days, it was get out of the house. And the rule was don't come back into the house. Y'all already know. When the street lights come on, that's what's time. All the kids go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, and everybody's taking off in different directions to get to their house. Right? That was the rules, you know. And um, it was a different time. I was thinking about this all the time. I'm thinking back in those days, it was like I never had, I, I never had a time I didn't have money in my pocket. You say, Well, you wealthy? Not at all. I wasn't given anything. My parents were always like, if you want something, you got to work for it. So we in the summertime, we would always go out and find pop bottles and cash them in. I remember back in the days, you go get the bottles. You find them on the r- r- railroad tracks or somebody else's, uh, you know, porch. you weren't supposed to steal them. But anyways, and you, go, and you go deposit those things and you get some money back for it, right? So you always had a little lunch or something like that. You could have a little money in your pocket or just mowing lawns and taking care. Of, just a totally different world. So, you know, sometimes you can get into trouble in those because it's not the things that you know that will hurt you. It's the things you don't know that's going to hurt you. So when you're a kid, you're kind of imaginative and creative and stuff. And so um, I remember, uh, I don't even remember who came up with the idea. It might have been my buddy. His name is Kurt there. He may be, he may be watching today. And, um, and so uh, we grew up together. And, and so uh, we came up with the idea that we were going to go. We, were, we came up with the idea that we could go parachuting. And we didn't need a real parachute because we had garbage bags. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You weren't that stupid. They're good for you. And so we came with the idea that because we got these garbage bags, we could we could actually literally parachute off of stuff. So one day we decided to climb my garage, the, the detached garage at my house. And uh, and so we had our little garbage bags. You know, we were ready to go at the top, of the peak of the garage, and at the bottom was a a little. We had built a little sandbox at the bottom of the other garage and on the ground. And so. Um, you know, now you're up there. Now it's real, <clears throat> and so what looked good on paper. You know what I'm saying? Now all of a sudden you start to think, I don't know, man. I don't know if we should do this or not. I don't know because it's never been tried by a human before to ever try a garbage bag to parachute. But we just know it can work. So uh, we're egging each other on. You go, man. You go. You go. Finally, I said, "All right, man. I'll go." Because I, I was just mad at him. He, he's the one I thought. I think he's the one that came up with the idea. And so I, I, I'll go. I'll go ahead and go. So, <clears throat> like an idiot, <clears throat> I decide. To not go to the edge and just kind of gently drop off, I decided to run from the top of the peak down to the eaves trough. Come on, y'all. And just alley-oop, you know, just jump. And I jumped, and guess what happened? Poof! Hit the ground, lost my breath. I'm in pain. My ankles are just like a mess, right? I mean, everything hurts. And my friend, he can't see me because he's at the peak, I'm on the edge. He says, how was it? I'm so mad at him. I just said, it was great. Come on down. And all of a sudden, I could hear hear his feet. And he jumps and bang. Still funny to me. Of course, the garbage bag doesn't open up. Lord have mercy. And he hits the ground. Ah. He's in pain. I said, I don't know what happened to you. I floated right down. I don't know what happened to you. <laughs> so um, it's not what you know. <laughs> I don't hurt you. It's what you don't know, right? Everybody say faith. All right, let's get into this. It, 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 if, if you don't like what's going on in your life, you can change it. Why? Because faith changes everything. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. Now, these are all key words. Watch this. From faith to faith. Again, key words. Number one, to everyone who believes. Remember that. Remember this. The righteousness of God. Remember this. Is revealed. Three. And number four, faith. As it's written, the just Shall live by faith. Okay, so who are the righteous? It's a trick question. Who are the righteous? We are the righteous. How are we to live? The Bible says the righteous what? Live by faith. All right. Now let's go to this Hebrews chapter eleven verse one. This is out of the Amplified version of the Bible. Did y'all get the Amplified version back there? Okay. Now faith is the assurance. The confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. Faith is the receipt. Everybody talking about got to have the receipts, right? Got to have the receipts. Faith is the receipt. The fact that you believe is the receipt that the things that you're hoping for is the proof, the Bible says, being the proof of things we do not see. So my faith is all the proof I need that what I'm believing for is a reality. Why? Because the Bible says it's the conviction of the reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So my faith is something that is alive and allows me to have access to things that nobody else can see. The fact that I can see them is the proof. That's all the proof that I need. So I I love you. I love you very much. But if you can't see where I'm going, that's okay. As long as I can see where I'm going, that's all that needs to matter right there, right? Same is true with you. I may not see where you're going. I may not quite understand what's happening. I might even be a little negative about it. But the fact that you can, that hope that you can see, that's your faith. That's the conviction of the reality that what you're believing for, watch this, is perceived as real fact. It's real. But it's not revealed to my touch, my physical senses, my eyes, my ears, and so on. Let me just say, faith doesn't mean you sit back and do nothing. For it to work, you've got to work it. Let me say it again. Faith works by what? The Bible says faith works, faith, the Bible says if you, if you don't have works, it's dead. So for me to work it is how it actually becomes available to me. And he said, this is what James said, I love what he wrote in his book, and he said, look, you say you have faith without works, I'll show you my faith by my works, so whatever I'm working on shows you. It's a clear indication of what I actually believe. If you believe change is coming, your works are going to speak for you. Whatever you're working on is going to be what you actually believe, right? Faith without works is dead. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 says, Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who obtained like precious faith with us, watch this, by the righteousness of God and savior Jesus Christ by the righteous God and savior Jesus Christ so faith church works through the righteousness of God how does faith work it works through the righteousness of God and so we are the righteousness of God we just answered that question a moment ago but what is righteousness what is right? The basic gestalt of righteousness is that you've been made right with God. He became sin so that I would not have to die in my sin. And he made me. That means he fashioned me. The righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So my belief in the finished work of the cross, my belief in Jesus Christ as the Son of God becomes something in me that I wasn't before. I've been made something else. I'm not the same Jeff Pruitt I was when I jumped off that garage. <laughs> or in my sinful ways. Come on, somebody. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm not the same guy I used to be. I, something happened to me. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Church, we've got to come out of the condemnation we've been in, or we'll never believe what God has actually promised us in his word. We've got to come out of the shame, or we'll never know who we really are. We've got to come out of the guilt, or we'll always feel like we don't deserve his very best. We've got to come out of not belonging, or we'll never truly belong. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not because of anything good you've done. Your righteousness becomes, it's amazing because of the goodness of what Jesus has already done. Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout if you only knew. Faith is not exclusive to a certain kind of person. Romans 12 says every one of us has been given the measure of faith. Every single man and woman has faith. It may seem small to you, but just a little, the Bible says, the little bit of faith you have is like a mustard seed and grows up to become the greatest herb in the whole garden until there's branches, until the birds of the air nest in those branches. Faith doesn't take much of it. It just takes a drop of it, and it can change everything about your life. And faith is to every person, which means it's all-inclusive. It's all-inclusive. That's why Jesus said, let it be unto you according to your If you can believe it, you can achieve it. If you can believe it, you can have it. If you believe it, doesn't matter how bad you think you've been in your life. You will have it. The Bible didn't say just a few folks. The Bible says whosoever. Let me make this statement. Your face should not change just because everything around you does. If you got if you if you know that you've got your you've got something your faith is working on and things aren't changing the way you want it's so easy to get off track it's so easy to get off of a place and think, well it's never going to happen you don't do that you stay the course you hang on your faith tells you don't give up your breakthrough is closer than you think somebody shout yes 1 Timothy 3:9 says holding the mystery holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience Holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience, so faith is a mystery. It's something beyond human comprehension. And when you tap into faith, you are tapping into another reality. When you tap into faith, you're tapping into another world of experience. When you tap into faith, you're tapping into a divine stream of consciousness. When you tap into faith, you're tapping into another dimension. I call it, I like to call it, the God dimension. That's where we're supposed to live. It's called walk in the spirit. That's the God dimension. And what it does is it produces not just faith, but a crazy faith. A bold faith that might even seem out of line to some people. You know, when you're working on something, not everybody likes you. When you got faith towards something, not everybody's going to be in your corner singing your praises and patting you on the back. But you know that you know that you know that you know down deep in your knower that whatever God promised you, it's about to come to pass in your life. And you can't let go. You got to hang on to it until it happens. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible tells us, gives us stories. And there's the four men that, that got together and their friend was a paralytic. And Jesus was a miracle worker and still is, by the way. And, 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 they, and they said, we got to get him to Jesus. And they get him to Jesus. But the problem is he's in a house. And the house is packed and nobody can get in. And all the windows and doors are open. And now there's a massive crowd around the house. And they can't get to the house. But they would not take no for an answer. Do you know why? Because they were working on something. Today is the day that our friend is getting up out of his bed. Today is the day that a miracle is going to happen. They had the faith to believe. So the Bible says they made their way through the crowd. Got themselves up on that roof. Don't even know how they did it. Got the man up on that roof. And the Bible says if that was enough, they began to tear the roof apart. And they ripped that roof apart and made a big hole in the roof. And let down that man on ropes And his bed. He couldn't move on the bed right while Jesus was preaching a sermon. Could you imagine us preaching right now here and all of a sudden, I mean, we start seeing sparks and stuff happening on the roof and what's going on and people are being let down from the roof for me to pray for them? Why, the ushers would be mad. The security team would have their guns drawn. I would be honked off. What in the world's going on up here? Come on, y'all. Not realizing that when people get desperate. They don't care how they look. Faith ain't pretty, honey, but faith will get the job done. Come on. By the way, we forget that was somebody's house. They just ripped my roof off. I'm glad you're healed and everything, but who's gonna pay for my roof? Amen. Amen. Or those four lepers, another four, team of four, that were left there and they were dying of leprosy and they were outcasts and rejects in society and they were out there dying while their nose fell off and fingers fell off and toes. Leprosy is a terrible disease, y'all, terrible disease. And here they are dying and there's a famine in the land and they can't eat nothing. Everybody else is dying of hunger. They're dying of hunger and of a terrible, slow, agonizing death called leprosy. And all of a sudden they smelt some food cooking off in the distance, y'all. They smell a little bit of twice-baked macaroni and cheese. And for you Italian folks, a little spaghetti and a meatball. Come on. Whatever you like. They can smell it wafting through the air. They thought, my God, the enemy's eating pretty good. We can't go in the city. They'll kill us. The disease will kill us. Not having food's going to kill us. Man, we're three-time losers. Let's at least go there. Maybe we can sneak a piece of bread off for what they have a little corn on the cob or something. So they begin to pick themselves up and they drag themselves across the desert. Can't barely walk to get there. What are they working on? They're working on their faith. They believe they receive. They believe that they can just get there. They're going to get something to eat. They took the risk of faith. It was called a crazy faith. And when they got there, everybody was gone. But the only thing that was left was all the food on banquet tables all over the camp of their enemies. And they ate and they ate and they ate, but they didn't know that when they were walking across that dry desert floor, four men sounded like a rushing mob of chariots of their enemies, and they were in fear for their life, and everybody fled for their life. I'm here to tell you that God will make you bigger than you really are. He'll make you greater than you really are. If you get that kind of crazy faith, crazy faith will give you crazy miracles. People may not understand how you keep a smile on your face when you're going through the battle of your life because you've got some crazy faith. They don't understand how you can have peace in the midst of your storm when the doctor comes back and says, there ain't nothing we can do for you. It's because you've got some crazy faith. They can't understand that you got joy when the bank says we're going to take back and repo your car, but you're still smiling. Why? Because you've got some crazy faith. Everybody shout crazy faith. You can write that in the comments section. Crazy faith. Faith calls things that be not as though they were. I said faith talks differently than the rest of the world talks. Faith works on stuff that people can't see. Calls things that be not as though they were. In other words, faith talks in a way that the world can't understand. Faith talks in the future. It's a future kind of language. It says things are happening now that really in their natural are not happening at all. But it's not because you see it out here. It's because it's imperative you on the inside. You know that you know that God has shown you something. And faith talks about it. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. What's in your heart today? What's in your heart today? That's what happened with Abram. When God picked and chose Abram to become a solemn people, the Jewish race, out of him. And he, they would become the chosen people. The moment that he told him, he said, you're going to be something special. Get out of your father's house, away from your kindred, and go to a place that I will show you. That takes faith. i got to leave everything I know for a place he's going to show me. He hasn't even shown me yet. Takes crazy faith to follow God sometimes. And so, in that moment, he said, I'm going to make you a father of a nation. Out of you, in your old age, you and your wife are going to birth a nation. And that word was a revelation that came to Abram. And in that moment, God changed his name. See, revelation changes your identity. When you understand what God is actually saying, his word towards you, it changes everything about you. Now, he looked like Abram to everybody else, but not to God. He was different. He said, from now on, your name shall be called Abraham, which means a father of a nation, Also interpreted, a father of a multitude. He's a 100 years old. He has not one child he's a father of. And God says, but that's all about the change. Abram, can you receive the revelation of who you really are? You see, that's the kind of faith that calls those things that be not as though they were. How about Simon? In the New Testament, Jesus chose him to be one of his disciples. You know him as Peter, but everybody else knew him as Simon. But the day came, he said, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Peter, which means Petra. He said, God, my father, has revealed this to you. You shall no longer be Simon. You shall be Peter. Simon means a reed. A reed is something that snaps under pressure, that breaks under pressure. But you shall be called Petra, a rock. You shall be a foundation truth. You shall be a foundation for your lineage and generation. Let me hear. I'm here to tell somebody today. You may look like it's about to break down and break apart, like the winds are come against you to bring you down. But you're not the same person you were. You're like Peter, a rock. Hallelujah. Remember Jesus rebuked the wind? Then he turned to his disciples and said, how is it that you have no faith? He said, what I can do, you can do. What I'm doing, you can do. Another part of the scripture, he said, you have little faith. Remember that part? Oh, ye of little faith. Little means a short burst. That's like most Christians I know. Including me sometimes. Short bursts of faith. Short bursts of I can. You can't win battles with short bursts of faith. How in the world could the woman with the issue of blood get her healing that day? Thinking like everybody else thought. What was she thinking? Like everybody else would think, stay away because there's a, there a letter on her. You can't come in because you're uncleaned and you could be killed or stoned to death. But that day she made up her mind, I've spent all the money I've got. I'm broke as a joke. I'm getting worse. And this Jesus can heal. So the Bible says she made her way to Jesus. And the Bible is very clear to let us know there was a throng, a multitude of people thronging Jesus to touch him. But she said... If I can only but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. She said it. She believed it. She stated it. It was a crazy, bold faith. And she began to walk through that crowd in somehow, some way. It was like an orchestrated event because a weak, anemic woman who's bleeding to death internally is not going to have the energy to fight a crowd. But as she stepped, I believe it was like a waltz. And people were dancing this way. And people were moving that way. And she was able to slip in and slip in until she found her way to Jesus. And the Bible says she touched his garment. And the moment she touched him, Jesus said, who touched me? Master, everybody's touching you. Yes, but somebody touched me like I've not been touched today. Virtue has flowed out of my body. And she was afraid and said, it was I. And he said, this day you shall be made well. I wonder if we got some people in this room today and watching me in your house today that says, I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm going to be like that woman. I'm going to make my press with my faith. Look, church, you don't see it to believe it. That's the world. You don't see it to believe it. You have to believe it to see it. That's the kingdom way. That's the God way. That's the dimension of God. By the way, you don't see with your eyes. You look through your eyes, but you see with your mind. Whatever gets in here is what you actually see. It's not the physical things. Ah, oh, yes, I don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. We live in a physical world. I'm talking about a different kind of result, though. I'm talking about when there, when, when there is no way, God will make a way where there is no way. And he does that the moment that you begin to say, I don't look with my eyes because my eyes can deceive me and tell me all kinds of facts. Yes. You know, the eyes will tell you facts. facts. What's wrong with facts? Nothing wrong with facts if that's the way you want to live. Right. But, my, but, but, but I look through my eyes with my spirit and understand that there's something beyond fact. There's a higher. Yes, there's a higher thing here. Yeah. Facts are here, but truth is higher. Yeah. What's Truth. God is truth. He said, "Let every man be a liar, but God is the truth." So you see now, through vision, not 2020 through your eyes, but you see with the vision of God, you see your future. Helen Keller, who was most you know who she is, was, and she was blind and deaf, and she lived like an animal. So somebody had the courage to begin to teach her and take the patience to do it and begin to teach her how to read Braille and, 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 and how to, how to uh, sign and all those different things to be able to communicate. And she became an author, an author. And she states this, and she said, "How terrible it is for a man to see but have no vision. She understood, it's not with the eyes that you see. It's with your spirit, your mind, what's inside. First John chapter 5, verse 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask. Everybody say, everybody say this, whatever we ask. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. How do you ask for something you haven't seen yet? You do it by faith. And your mind at first is going to go, mm, no, 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 been no change, still got the same problems, still got the same situation, still dealing with the same people, but my face says, no, God's given me a promise here. So I'm going to speak, and I'm going to act on that as if it's now. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, here's again, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. Can Jesus make it any plainer and let it easier for us? Say it again. He says this. Therefore, I say to you: Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Ask, Jesus said, and you'll receive. Seek, you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. He doesn't make it hard if you ask in faith. The Bible says. The Bible says that when a man when he has he has a need, let him ask how in faith that he may receive the promise. Is there any feeling to that? No. If you get a feeling, praise God. Do I need a feeling or a goosebump? No. So you have to go beyond your natural senses because if you're just going by a goosebump, you're going to miss the whole thing. Let me make the statement. For you to get the promises of God, you're going to have to leave your natural senses. What's flesh is flesh. What is spirit is spirit. So the only way to get there is by faith. That's how you cross over to receive. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say blessed. blessed. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So there's another blessing beyond the natural. There's a spiritual blessing. The spiritual blessing dwells where? In heavenly places, but it's in Christ. Where's Christ? In you. Don't let me lose you. Let me teach you. So the mind is already programmed that if you can't see it, you can't have it. If you've never seen your father or mother have it, you're probably going to have a hard time thinking you can have it. If you've never seen anybody close to you have it, you're probably going to have an even tougher time to believe that you can have it. The mind is programmed that says if I can't see it, I can have it. That's why we need revelation. When you pick up your Bible, not if, y'all, but when you pick up your Bibles, join me on Thursday night. We actually pick up our Bibles. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That, that word now becomes light. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Revelation is seeing something on another level. So when I begin to read God's word, I pray, Holy Spirit, give me revelation. Let me see beyond just a historical book. Let me see the book is not, guys. Let me tell you something about that book. It's like, uh, if I say this it's going to go wrong, but I'm going to say it anyways. It's like magic. It's not magic, but it's like magical. Let me put it that way. In the sense that when you read it, it goes beyond just one, two, three, and history, and 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 and, and people, and and their and their and their problems. It's something else there. The Bible says it's alive. That when I read it, I say, "Lord, give me revelation." It hits me in a different way, and all of a sudden, something that was written 2,000 plus years ago begins to relate to Jeff right now in 2020. Yeah. Revelation is seeing something on another level. You were never designed to go where you haven't seen. How do you stumble? You can't. You can't. If you can't see, you're gonna. If you, you can't see, you will stumble. There's a term called blind faith. But there's no such thing as blind faith. If you've got faith, you can see. The problem is getting your mind to understand by revelation that what you're seeing is of God, that what you're seeing is actually possible for you. How many's ever had like a having like a tough week or day, whatever, and then all of a sudden you start to see something happening in you. Like, um, uh, you know, I got that bill, but you know, there's a possibility this could happen. Well, that can to help me with that payment right there, right? What happens to you? Light comes in you. All of a sudden, the darkness begins to lift off of you. All of a sudden, life begins to come in you. All of a sudden, there's an excitement and enthusiasm begins to come into you. Why? Because it's producing hope. The problem is, is getting yourself to believe that that you can see inside is actually a reality for you. Revelation anchors that and says, I can't let it go because I can't go back because now I see the truth. I see it now. I see what's possible. This world was made out of things which did not exist. Every single thing that we see did not exist because it was, it was already in God. It only existed in him. God turned insight now into foresight. So if you can see it inside, you can have a future. Revelation is light in darkness. It's supernatural knowledge. So now you are plugged into the God dimension. You're plugged into God himself that gives you a way to see something you couldn't see. The world can't see. Once something is revealed to you, all the doubt begins to go away. Because you can now see it. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. It says this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. No argument there. But those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever that we may do all the words of the law or the word of God. All the things that are secret belong to God. But if God ever chooses to reveal one of his secrets to you, it belongs to you. If God chooses to reveal to you that he's a good God and gives good gifts to his children and you receive that by faith, it now belongs to you. If he chooses to show you revelation in prosperity, that you can actually prosper, do well, go over and arrive into your destiny, it's forever yours. If he can show you that by his stripes, the stripes of Jesus Christ, you are healed, now that truth belongs to you. You now take ownership of what once wasn't, now is, by way of revelation. God showed it to you. You know that you know that you know that it's a possibility, and you receive it not for all of them, but also for me. But the Bible says that now belongs to me, but also to my children forever. So mom and dad, whatever you can get the breakthrough on in your life is going to help give the breakthrough to your children and their children. That motivates me. Amen. Once you see it, you have it. Genesis 13, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. To get it, Abraham you're going to have to see it first. You're going to, have to see that what I say is truth beyond the facts that you currently see, which is you're 100 years old and you don't even have one child yet. That's why the devil has come to blind your mind. Second Corinthians says that the God of this age has come to blind the minds of them lest they should believe. He blinds what? Our minds. It's all hinged on what you're looking at. Quit looking at the condition you're in and start looking at the word of God. Quit looking at what you don't have and start believing God for more. Quit looking at your bank account and start believing for change. Quit looking at everyone who's let you down and start believing that God's got people who'll send your life that will have your back. He said, Abraham, look from the place you are. To the place I am sending you. Look from your circumstances. Look from them. Look away from them. And to the potential in the God dimension. Did I lose y'all? Y'all still good? Elijah. I'm going to close. Elijah's servant was in total panic mode when he woke up that morning and they were being surrounded by their enemies. But Elijah was working on a hit a faith that his servant Gehazi did not have, and he said, "What are you nervous about? Look at all these people. They're coming to kill us today. They're coming to take us away. They're going to kill you and me." He said, "Not so, Lord. Open his eyes that he may see what I see." And God opened, gave him revelation. And what he saw, he saw other chariots and other a heavenly host army that was surrounding Elijah and Elisha and going to protect them against their natural enemy you know god will send the spirit to help the natural somebody say amen and that's what you need to know come on y'all the truth of the matter is is that most of us walk around and we pray god do this do that and we're hoping for change but we don't act like it's actually going to happen Change is imminent, change has got to come, but it's going to be hinged on what you believe or what you don't believe. And whatever you believe is going to come out of your mouth, and whatever comes out of your mouth is going to give direction to your life, and the direction of your life is going to change the course of your life.